Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue we will be discussing Dakin Akihiro. Welcome guys, welcome, welcome back. Um, if you're new here, thanks for tuning in. As I said, this is a show discussing characters of color in comics and really all related media be that video games, comic books, prose novels, etc, etc, but we really focus on comics here. Uh, so if that's the sort of thing that you like and that you're into, please be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, and be sure to share this episode on your social media using that hashtag CBNPod. I do want to make this a conversation. Uh, writing. Now, moving on to Dakin. Who is he? Why should we care about him? What is a Dakin? Well, for those of you out there who are fans of a certain feral Canadian, you'll surely get a kick out of this episode. And for others, since this is Pride Month, you'll get a rundown of a very badass bisexual character. And of course, to stay on brand, Dakin is a mixed race man of color of Japanese descent. Alrighty. Now, Dakin has been portrayed as bisexual, having engaged in sexual situations with both men and women. Now, in Wolverine Origins number 11, Dakin kissed the man. However, the kiss, it was really used to further kind of mess with a woman he had been dealing with romantically. And later on, he killed that man. So, (laughs) it doesn't take away from that sexual experience, but it does leave a sour taste in your mouth. Uh, Let's see what else. In Dark Wolverine number 75... Dakin has a sexual encounter with a male employee of Norman Osborn. Uh, this was, though this was an experience he had, it was more of a manipulative thing because he wanted to have access to certain top secret files that he had to get through this man in order to um, get access to. Later on in that same issue, Dakin made the pass at Mac Gargan, who is a male Spider-Man villain who has appeared in, excuse me, appeared as the Scorpion, Venom, and Spider-Man respectively. Let's see, in that same issue, Dakin uses his pheromones to, quote-unquote, engage a female hammer agent. So, yeah, he, he's an equal opportunity lover and killer. <laughs> now, in Dark Avengers number 7, Dakin states how he, <clears throat> and I quote, always did like playing for both teams. <laughs> this was in reference to his bisexuality and his membership in both the Dark Avengers and the Dark X-Men. Let's see what else in Dark Wolverine number 76, Dakin uses his pheromones again in order to manipulate the Thing, Ben Grimm of the Fantastic Four. He manipulated the Thing in uh, making him think very homoerotic thoughts and use homoerotic remarks to uh, engage him. Let's see, during the Siege of Asgard, Dakin also made a flirtatious pass at Bullseye, who was dressed as Hawkeye, uh, Clint Barton of the Avengers, and kisses him on panel. So this is a kiss that was explicitly drawn in the book. And in Dark Reign, Young Avengers number 5, Dakin attempts to use his pheromones during a fight against Hulkling, a gay male superhero. Uh, Dakin has also shown on numerous occasions engaging in heterosexual behavior and sleeping with female characters, but can you really call it heterosexual? When you engage in both, he is a bisexual character. He is the B of the LGBTQAI. Now guys, at the 2009 San Diego Comic Con International, Majorie Lou, I believe I'm saying that name correctly, L-I-U, Lou, 
Okay, so it's commented on Dakin's sexuality. Stated that Dakin will do anyone and anything to achieve his goals, and he's past that kind of identification. He's beyond it. Now Daniel Way added that Dakin's sexuality will be addressed later on, but it's more about his personality. He's no more homosexual than he is heterosexual. It's about control. Uh, Marjorie later confirmed that Dakin's bisexuality in a 2011 video interview with Newsarama. So again, this is we jumping straight out the gate with representation up the ass. <laughs> now uh, a bit of publication history. Now Dakin is Marvel Comics character, of course, and much like Natasha Irons, he has a few first appearances. Um, his first appearance as Dakin was a cameo in Wolverine Origins. This was in issue ten back in March of 2007. So he's not—he's actually not that old. Uh, his full first appearance was the following month in Wolverine Origins number 11 back in April of 2007. Let's see. Now, Dakin's first appearance as Wolverine was in Dark Avengers issue 1 back in March of 2009. And his first appearance as Horseman of Death was in Uncanny Avengers issue 9 that was back in June of 2013. So again, this is a relatively newer character. I think his sister X-23 might be older than him, but yeah. Now, Dakin was created by writer Daniel Way, who is an American comic book writer known for his work on Wolverine Origins and Deadpool. And he was also created by artist Steve Dillion, D-I-L-L-O-N, Dillion. Hmm. He is a British comic book artist known for his work with writer Garth Ennis on Hellblazer, Preacher, and The Punisher. So again, you talk about coming from pretty good stock these characters for the last few episodes have been pretty substantial characters created by some pretty good creators <laughs> now Dakin's name is Akihiro he is a human mutant with the ability to oh, excuse me I'm sorry who has been affiliated with the Dark Avengers Dark X-Men Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the Horsemen of Death his notable aliases are Dakin Wolverine Dark Wolverine, Dakin Akihiro, and Death. Ooh, man. All right, y'all. Now, we're going to get into the known relatives list. Now, this list will be kind of sort of like a greatest hits of Wolverines as well. Because if you haven't noticed by now, Wolverine is Dakin's father. This isn't a Wolverine episode, but he will show up in and out. Okay, now, a list of Dakin's relatives. Mr. Howlett, who is his step paternal great-grandfather who's dead John Howlett senior step paternal grandfather dead Thomas Logan paternal grandfather dead Elizabeth Howlett paternal grandmother dead Elias Hudson and Frederick Hudson grand uncles also dead James Howlett father still alive Itsu mother she's dead Akihiro excuse me Akihira Adoptive father, deceased. Natsumi, adoptive mother, deceased. Dog Logan, paternal uncle, who's still alive at the time of this recording. Uh, John Howlett Jr., who is his paternal uncle, who is also deceased. Iritsta, paternal half-brother. That's E-R-I-S-T-A. I believe I said that correctly. His paternal half-brother, who is still alive. Cannon foot, saw and fist. Excuse me, let me repeat that. Cannonfoot, Sawfist, and William Downing. These are his paternal half-brothers. They are deceased. Kuwen, K-O-U-E-N. 
I think I said that correctly. Or Cowan. Cowan. That's his father's clone. So technically paternal half-brother. Uh, Junichiro. Adoptive brother who was deceased. Laura Kenny, Paternal half-sister. And Gabby. Which is like the paternal half-half. Or a quarter. Because Gabby is a clone of Laura. So I'll just say she's also his paternal half-sister. Um, Fire Knives and Shadow S. Who is his paternal half-sisters. They are also deceased. Ray's Dark Home, his paternal half-brother, is alive. Amiko, his foster sister, she's listed as alive. Frederick Hudson II, first cousin once removed, which, okay. <laughs> now, Truett Hudson, Victor Hudson, and James Hudson are all his second cousins, and they are listed as alive. Woo, man. Okay, so before going any further, guys, please leave a comment below via Twitter using the hashtag CBNPod, and let me know how many kids does Wolverine have and in turn how many siblings does Dakin have on his daddy's side I posed this question on uh, Instagram on the question of the day the CBNQOTD <laughs> about how many kids does Wolverine have like good lord um, yeah so let's go so Dakin's profession he is an assassin and a mercenary his powers are Akihiro has an accelerated cellular regeneration, which augments his natural strength, speed, agility, endurance, and reflexes. This also expands his perceptions to give him animal-like senses and grants him an accelerated healing factor that can starve off poisons and diseases. This suppresses the aging process and repairs damaging cells and tissues in minutes. Dakin has three retractable bone claws that extend from the back of his hand, two of those, and the underside of his wrist, one of those. Uh, he has pheromone emissions that can influence the mood and behaviors of others, creating specific emotions like calm, panic, anger, lust, among other emotions. Uh, with this, uh, he can also distort sensory perceptions to mask his scent and prevent opponents from accurately perceiving his location and movements, making him very hard and uh, to strike and uh, difficult, very difficult to strike <laughs> or avoid. Now, formerly, uh, one had excuse me. Formerly, he had one claw on each hand, bonded by the Muramasa Psycho Metal, making them strong enough to cut through adamantium and inhibit healing factors when they strike. Uh, formerly used a Reed Richards Tech Glove that generated an energy claw able to cut through virtually anything and produce a stunning effect to harmlessly incapacitate opponents, which is like this, this dude is like overpowered. <laughs> now, he is also an excellent martial artist and he is immune to telepathy and has hyper senses. So, for all intents and purposes, he's like Wolverine times 10. Okay, now let's get into his continuity history now the man who would be known as Dakin was born sometime after World War II in the Japanese village known as Jasmine Falls his parents were a Japanese woman named Itsu and a foreigner who went by the name Logan Dakin's father had come to Japan a broken man searching for redemption and personal peace now after his fourth year of training with the legendary Bando Saburo in Jasmine Falls Logan felt confident enough in himself to take Itsu as his wife, and shortly thereafter, she became pregnant. 
Ooh, man. So, great beginnings. Very quiet and quaint beginnings. Now, in 1946, the Japanese woman Itsu, while in the last stages of her pregnancy, was murdered. So that took hard left. Now, she was murdered by the Winter Soldier in an attempt to draw out Wolverine and return him to the custody of Madripoor. Now, the Principality of Madripoor, for those of you who don't know, um, this exists in Earth-616, which is Marvel Comics' prime universe. It appeared in New Mutants, uh, issue number 32, back in October of 1985. That's when it first appeared. So it's approximately in con or out of continuity, about 30-plus years old. Uh, it is an island in the Southeast Asian, located uh, in the southern portion of the, and I'm going to butcher this, Strai of Malacca, southwest of Singapore. That's S-T-R-A-I of Malacca, M-A-L-A-C-C-A. I believe I said that correctly. Now, after Itsu's death, Romulus, keep that, keep that name in front of your heads. I'm not going to explain too much, but keep that in mind. So, after Itsu's death... Romulus, wearing a trench coat to conceal his identity, took the baby, cutting him from his mother's womb and leaving her body behind. The baby survived the horrific experience due to its healing factor he inherited from his father, which had to be a pretty strong healing factor considering that mutants traditionally and historically their genes don't manifest until puberty, though there are a few exceptions like uh, Nightcrawler looking blue like he was that's something that's just like the way he came out whereas normally once puberty hits or you get uh, stressed or traumatic events in childhood trigger your power so for this baby to have this healing factor unless maybe Romulus cutting him from his mother was the traumatic event that set off his power either way healing factor as a, as a baby that's a big deal now Romulus left the baby on the doorstep of Akihira and Natsumi a wealthy, young, and traditional Japanese couple. Now, I wonder why he chose them. Because that, I didn't find anything within uh, finding research for this issue. I didn't find um, the specific reason why. But, that's neither here nor there. Now, they took the child's arrival as an answer to their prayers and raised him as their own. Though he was named Akihiro by his father, the servants and other families of the... And I'm going to... Spoiler alert, I'm going to butcher a lot of names, guys. Charges to my head, not my heart. My, Miyagi Prefecture? Yeah. So, uh, other families of the Miyagi Prefecture secretly referred to the boy as Dakin, which means bastard dog. So, they, they called him that because of his mixed heritage. And it's so interesting because as a black male uh, who is visibly black and lives my life that way, when it comes to a mixed race person, I don't know that walk. I can probably empathize. But you normally see, well, for me in my life experience, a person who is mixed uh, as in black and white or black and something else, but usually black and white and having to toe that line of how do you identify. And that's one thing that I do like about this Dakin character is that he is not the, uh, I want to say norm. He's not what I usually see when we discuss mixed race, though there are many combinations. But for him to be in this space and to be mixed with someone who's white, because I think for all intents and purposes, Logan is a white Canadian person, though I kind of thought him as Asian, but that's neither here nor there. Um, for him to be mixed 
and to receive the type of kind of vitriol that he got from the other families and the other people it's so interesting and it really shapes a lot of what we get from him hell the very fact that we don't call him akihiro we call him dakin which means bastard dog it's like you you are a walking slur i don't know if he just kept that name to be like you know forget it this is i'm gonna own this but it's it's so interesting to me and anyone out there who's listening who is let's say mixed um japanese and anything or asian and any other race please tweet me carefree blurred uh use the hashtag cbn pod and let me know um i mean a little bit of something like is this something that the writer took liberty with uh with making this be a point in his story or is this something that is normal as a person of mixed race be it japanese or asian descent is it kind of looked down upon to be mixed with any other race i'm so interested in uh in that so getting back to the story as akihiro grew up he was often teased by other boys of the sindani uh his harsh treatment over the years caused akihiro to develop a very cold persona and this is uh towards anyone except for his father now one night natsumi confessed to akihiro that she did not love their adoptive son and that after long years of trying she was pregnant so they finally had a baby that they had been wanting for after adopting akihiro now akihiro overheard this and began plotting Whew, boy now within a year sometime in 1957 after the birth of their new baby junichiro j-u-n-i-c-h-i-r-o akihiro confronted his mother Telling her that he killed her son, which, bro, well, Akihiro was furious and disowned Akihiro. Furiously responded that Akihiro was not his true name. Natsumi suddenly appeared trying to run Dakin through uh, with the rifle's bayonet, triggering the onset of Dakin's mutant powers. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna restate that because this is a lot of stuff happening here. Natsumi confessed to Akihiro that she didn't love their adoptive son. Okay. Now, after years of trying, because we know they couldn't get pregnant, they she was finally pregnant. Akihiro Dakin overheard this and began plotting against his mother. Within a year, 1957, after the birth of Natsumi and Akihiro's baby, Junikiro, Akihiro confronted his mother, telling her that he killed her son. So you went and killed the baby that they wanted all this time, which again, like... I don't. I, I blame him because you shouldn't murder. But it's also like you you talk, you don't want him. You t- I don't know. he this boy has been through a lot. So he killed the baby. Akihiro was furious and disowned him, and he responded, "Akihiro is not my name." Natsumi, the father, appeared trying to run Dakin through with the rifles being there, so he pretty much tried to kill him. Uh, this triggered Dakin's mutant powers, which is like, did he already have them, or was the healing factor a one and done, or did that be, or was that the thing that manifested and that was it? But we'll continue. So he triggered the onset of Dakin's mutant powers. Now, guys, with a wave of his arm, Dakin accidentally slashed Natsumi with the bone claw that had sprung from his hands. Like, woo! So you got the healing factor. Now you got triggered again, and now the claws come out. Seeing this and being unable to force himself to harm his son, Akihira instead committed suicide with the discarded rifle. Now this is where I um 
I, I find uh, issue with this. And maybe it's just because the way that this has been laid out. But if you could not hurt your son or couldn't kill him, but you ran at him with like the the rifles bayonet, like you intended to hurt him, why not go the extra mile and kill him? He it like what what did you intend to accomplish? That's that's such a weird. I don't know. So after Akihira committed suicide with the discarded rifle, Romulus appeared for the first time, telling Dakin that he was what the boy would someday become. Woo! Okay, so after that, Romulus sent Dakin to a training camp in Canada. This is the same camp where Wolverine had first trained more than 40 years before. Dakin was also trained by the same man that his father was, Silas Burr, B-U-R-R, who would later become the mercenary known as Cyber. Burr trained Dakin for more than two years before Dakin went missing one day. While two search parties were sent out, Dakin, at the behest of Romulus, appeared in the camp and killed every man before confronting Burr. During their fight, Dakin displayed what Romulus described as an ability to alter a person's emotional state that was with his pheromones. Now, Dakin used his ability to put Burr in a very good mood. This confused him and it allowed Dakin to draw the first blood with his claws. Burr, however, quickly recovered and Dakin soon found himself on the ground. With his revolver aimed at Dakin, Burr prepared to kill his student. Dakin, however, appeared behind Burr with the revolver and emptied it into Burr. Like, what the? Ooh. So that goes back to that power again where he can uh, suppress your kind of awareness of him. Now, Dakin then prepared to kill his trainer. Romulus appeared and stopped him, telling Dakin that he had plans for Burr. Now, before asking Burr if he had heard of Antimant, excuse me, he did this before asking Burr if he had ever heard of Adamantium. Mm -mm -mm. Now, years later, Romulus revealed to Dakin that his father was still alive. But, again, this is comics, so we gotta have the drama. He lied. Romulus lied at the same time telling Dakin that it was Wolverine who had killed Itsu, with Dakin still inside of her. Romulus told Dakin that Wolverine feared what Dakin would become, and that's why he killed, you know, the mother. This lie sowed a seed of vengeance in Dakin that Romulus continued to feed over the following decades. So let's say since 1960 something, he has been telling this boy, your father killed your mama. He was afraid of you. He don't know what you want to become and this and that. It's like, man, out of all of the stuff that Dakin has been through already, then we get this mess. Oh, man. Okay, so guys, now knowing the little bit that you do about Dakin... Leave me a comment on Twitter or in the comments using the hashtag CBNPod and let me know who would you cast as Dakin in a live action role. Like, let's just say that his origin movie is going to cover all of this stuff. Who could you see as this adult, vengeful Dakin who just is ready to whoop some ass and take names later? <laughs> now, stay tuned to the end of the episode and I'll give you my fan casting on who I think would play Dakin. Uh, okay, so moving on. Now, with everything that Dakin has been through as it relates to his father and his heritage and his birth and all that mess, we're finally going to get the meeting of dear old dad. Now, Dakin and Wolverine met for the first time while Dakin was disguised as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Dakin brutally stabbed Dum Dum Dugan before confronting his incarcerated father. Dakin slashed him across his stomach and left him bleeding on the floor to die as his mother had been left many decades before. 
Now, after that, Dakin also, quote-unquote, helped his father escape from S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course, it wasn't for any benevolent reasons. He doesn't do anything if it isn't self-helping or self... Yeah, self-helping. Help help for self. Selfish. <laughs> now, Dakin arrived um, on his world tour. His next stop was in Berlin. Berlin. At the home of a woman he had been cruelly toying with emotionally. He led her to believe that he had been cheating on her with a man that he was actually just planning to kill for a passport. Like, bruh, you are the worst. <laughs> now, there had been no affair. Knowing that she would drink an entire bottle of Burgundy... Dakin secretly poisoned it, like, bruh, and he killed her by poisoning her. Now, while he simply wanted to tie up any loose ends that could point other people to his crimes, which is, you didn't even, like, ugh, you had this woman fall for you, you had her think you was cheating on her, cheating on her with a man, then you kill her, like, man, she, ooh, it's like the very anti-Wolverine. Now, while walking through the streets of Potsdam, Germany, Dakin was contacted by an anonymous messenger who reminded him of his displeased master's ultimate goal. Dakin killed the messenger, <laughs> yet again to cover up any traces of his presence. Later, while he was on a train to Brussels, watching his father from a nearby stolen car, he then received a phone call from an unknown friend, quote-unquote friend, who was actually Dakin's former combat instructor, Cyber. Cyber confirmed his father's destination after shadowing his father into a bank vault in Brussels. This bank vault contained car oh, carbonadium synthesizer, which is something that Omega Red, if you're familiar with him, his coils or tentacles are made of this material. And it's um, my understanding, it's very, it doesn't cancel out adamantium, but it's uh, it's kind of up there in the list of elements, so it's easier to combat uh adamantium with this this uh this metal now dakin engaged wolverine in a bloody battle now with dakin was demonstrating very great fighting speed agility it was very similar to his dad the fight was interrupted by cyber who challenged dakin his finest student in combat in hopes that dakin would take him to his supposed master so Again, Dakin, though he is, you know, the villain, he is the hero of his own story. Out of all of the mess that he's going through, he's just dealing with daddy issues. And with the issue of finding the man that killed his mother and having this other unknown, unseen master that others are trying to get from. It's, he he has a lot going on. I, I, I empathize. I don't side with him, but I empathize. Now, losing the fight due to his former teacher's superior strength and being impervious to harm, Dakin fled the fight, leaving his father and his mentor to deal with one another. He later returned to his master and was tortured by a scarred, expressionless man through continuous whipping with gasoline-soaked ropes. He was warned to avoid future contacts with his father, which is like, damn, the plot thickens. Who is this master controlling him? Now, Dakin was then confronted by his father, only to be shot in the back of the head with a carbonadium, carbonadium, I think I said that right, carbonadium bullet by the Winter Soldier, which, bruh, fuck you, Winter Soldier, you, you've done enough to this family. Now, he was unaware of Wolverine and had the criminal uh, tinkerer construct three bullets out of carbonadium, carbon. Ooh, carbonadium, carbonadium <laughs> for him with the carbonadium synthesizer. This was used to construct, construct a pacemaker for Cyber. 
Now Wolverine gave the bullets to the Winter Soldier with the intention of them being used to knock out Dakin, which he did, uh, since carbonadium dramatically decreases the speed of the accelerated healing factor. So that's what I was speaking about earlier. It doesn't necessarily cancel cancel anything out, but it does delay uh, the the uh, the healing factor, like I said, associated with it. Now, Wolverine revealed to Dakin that he was allowed um, Deadpool to capture him only in the hopes of drawing him out. Then he gently cradled Dakin in his arms. Now this, okay, let's set the scene again. Dakin has been shot in the back of the head with this carbonadium bullet, which is slowing his healing factor. So he's bleeding out and Wolverine is telling him, hey, did all this just to get you <laughs> and he cradles his son in his arms and carries him out of the warehouse but not before speaking to Deadpool who was ugh, Deadpool we already know he was conscious but unable to move due to be the beating that Dakin had given him so Dakin had already whooped Deadpool Wade Wilson's ass <laughs> now Wolverine told Deadpool not to take it personally and he warned him, don't come after me again, or if you did, I would kill you. Like, so later, Dakin was in the presence of Wild Child. So Wild Child, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, is his name is Kyle Gibney, and he is kind of like a saber tooth analog. Um, yeah, so just uh, like I said, look up the X Factor. Uh, oh, okay, better yet, those of you who listened to the second issue of Carefree Black Nerd, I covered Shard. Uh, there was a bit mention of Wild Child in that Shard issue, which I will link in the show notes for this one, so be sure to, to check that out. Now, Dakin was in the presence of Wild Child and the scared, scared torturer, excuse me. He pleaded for mercy, but received only a warning from his masters to stay away from his father. So this is like the second time that you have been scarred and tortured and told to stay away from your dad. I get it. You like forget that. I'm going to find out what's going on with my dad. But Lord, man, you got to be better than that. You're supposed to be a trained assassin. You do better. Now, Dakin eventually reappeared, uh, interrupting a situation between Deadpool and Wolverine, who was dangling above a pool of water by ropes and chains. Dakin sliced off Deadpool's left hand before Deadpool could pull the lever, which would drop Wolverine into the pool. Dakin immediately pulled the lever himself before re-engaging Deadpool. During this fight, Dakin kicked two grenades into the pool, and as a result, the explosion tossed Wolverine out of the pool, of course. Deadpool's other hand was also sliced off by Dakin, and he was left to sleep with the with the fishes. Wait, to sleep with the... <laughs> yeah, slashes across his abdomen, which we know uh, Deadpool has a accelerated healing factor as well, so there's really nothing you can do to him that could kill him, but whatever. So Dakin regained consciousness after being brought to a cave somewhere in Japan that was filled with disfigured remnants of men used in the various Weapon X experiments. It turned out that Wolverine guarded these subjects decades earlier and destroyed the cave using explosives. All the Weapon X test subjects were believed to have been killed, but had that not been the case. Dakin woke up and panicked. He killed most of the men before asking Wolverine who he was and what happened revealing that he seemed to have lost memories much like his father in the past so this is like a generational curse like this family with the stuff that wolverine has been through with the weapon x program and just with constant retcons and changing of of histories and continuities like it was bound that a child of his would have the same torture 
Um, I think in pretty much the same thing happened with X-23. Like, if you've seen the movie Logan or if you saw her first appearance in the, uh, I think, Wolverine and the X-Men animated series. Lord, this family can't catch a break. Man, okay. So, moving on to X-Men Original Sin. While Wolverine was attempting to track down Charles Xavier to aid in Dakin's recovery, Dakin was captured and recruited by Miss Sinister and her partner Sebastian Shaw, who offered to help him regain his memories. After they coerced Xavier into triggering the psychic trap implanted in Dakin's mind, Miss Sinister attempted to manipulate Dakin by implanting false memories of a shared life with her. However, he saw through this false mess and stabbed her in the abdomen with his claws. Now, Dakin, if nothing, if not consistent, he slashed his father in the abdomen. Same thing with Deadpool. And now Miss Sinister. If you're with me, that's up to three people. Let's see how many times throughout the rest of his history has he slashed someone in their stomach, abdomen, chest. Now, as he turned his attentions to Xavier, he was stopped by his father who refused to attack him. Again, with his father not attacking the... I don't know. So Xavier then used Wolverine's memories to show Dakin the truth that Romulus was the one who was indeed behind Itsu's death. And Dakin joined his father in seeking revenge against Romulus. Man, so for the story to come full circle like that is very, very pleasing. I'm happy to hear that. Like, you went through all this mess, all of this stress for decades, and now the the truth has come out. Now, during the plan to get Cyber's secrets, however, Dakin seemingly betrayed Wolverine to Cyber. After learning Cyber's secrets, Dakin appeared, uh, apparently excuse me, killed Cyber, leaving his body to Wolverine. Dakin managed to get a piece of the Matsumura Bla- Ma- mm. Muramasa Blade. What am I saying? Masa, really? Muramasa Blade. That's its father's blade. Now this is uh now this blade, a little bit of history. There are actually two known Moramasa blades in existence. The first, of course, during Wolverine's adventures in Madripoor. Um, and however, the blade was not the same blade presented to Wolverine by Moramasa himself. The first Moramasa blade, often referred to as the Black Blade, was many centuries old. And I really don't have to give too much more than that, but just know that this is a very um, incredibly powerful blade. Very important. Now, Nick Fury revealed to Wolverine that he believed Dakin was going after the Muramasa blade that Wolverine had le- left in Cyclops' care, which is, you don't do that. The sword had various mystical properties, including the ability to disable superhuman regenerative powers, which leads me to think, why does so many things in this universe cancel out super healing? Like, it's almost, what's the point of having a healing factor if someone can shoot you in the head with a bullet that slows down your healing factor, or you have a blade, they could just stop it entirely. Man, okay. Now, Fury believed that Dakin intended to have the metal bonded to his bone claws by the tinkerer who had last been spotted in New York City. So again, even with that, if he has this bonded to his claws, that is technically in your body. That's going to cancel out your healing factor. So how can you even pop out your claws? We get a situation like the Logan film where... The adamantium began to poison his blood, where it was hard for him to pop up. Mm, but I digress. All right. <laughs> so, guys, moving on to the Dark Avengers. Now, Norman Osborn of Spider-Man fame put together a group, a new group of Avengers, which Dakin was a member of. 
Dakin agreed to join the Dark Avengers as a way to draw out Cyclops to take the Muramasa Blade from his possession. He took the name Wolverine for himself and wore a slightly altered version of his father's brown and tan costume. Cyclops saw him as a liability and planned to kill him with the Muramasa Blade to protect the image of the X-Men, which is... Alright, Cyclops. Uh, Dakin and the Tinkerer, excuse me, coat one of his three claws on each hand with the metal of the Muramasa Blade that was shattered. Although the blade was really made of a plasmic form disguised as metal, it could be treated as such. The Tinkerer had to anchor Dakin's claws in adamantium sheath and even then they were not very durable since they couldn't be bonded to him which kind of refers back to what I said before how do you have these claws and you have this Muramasa in you doesn't it cancel out your very own healing factor now quote unquote Wolverine as Dakin, Dakin Wolverine was known for being the most arrogant on the team going so far as to threaten to kill the Sentry if he got in his way Dakin was later requested by the Iron Patriot who was Osborne uh, to be a member of his team of X-Men, and he reluctantly accepted. The Dark Avengers received word that Doctor Doom had been attacked by Morgan Le Fay and went to Latveria. Latveria is the uh, Doctor Doom ran country. Uh, Latveria, that's that's it. <laughs> On their first mission to assist him, the team was sent back in time, but they defeated Morgan Le Fay and returned to the present, which. God, they had a lot going on. Now, really quickly, uh, Morgan Le Fay, um, allegedly two islands remained in uh, of Atlantis after it sank. These islands did not sink until thousands of years later. On one of these islands called Avalon, one member of its royalty was a person named Igrani, I-G-R-A-I-N-E, Igrain, yeah, I-G-R-A-I-N-E, had a daughter named Morgan who went to Britain with Myrden, later Merlin, when Avalon sank. Uh, this is kind of a really short history of Morgan Le Fay. I don't really want to get too yeah we'll stop there I don't want to get too deep into Morgan Le Fay's history because it's, it's not a Morgan Le Fay lesson okay so getting back to Dakin now when Spider-Man entered Avengers Tower pretending to be Matt Gargan he was first ambushed by Dakin who knew he was not Mac because of his scent again this is Wolverine's offspring however he eventually incapacitated Spider-Man after he uh, pummeled Dakin and threw him into an electric generator Dakin also became a member of Osborne's Dark X-Men. He also remained on the Dark Avengers team, so he did both, which, just like his father, throughout the years, Wolverine has been both an Avenger and an X-Men. Like, so, yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, though he took the Dark X-Men side in their quarrel with the Dark Avengers, when Bullseye asked him which side was he really on, he replied, I always did like playing for both teams, which is, all right. Calm down, Dakin. After repeatedly failed attempts to kill the Punisher, Norman Osborn sent Dakin and a platoon of Hammer Troops to complete this mission. After a bloody round of hand-to-hand -hand combat, Dakin dismembered and decapacitated Castle before kicking his remains off a rooftop. Which, oof, okay. Uh, Castle, the Punisher, his body parts were collected and spirited away by Morloids, uh, seemingly operated under the protection of Man-Thing. Frank Castle's body was put back together and revived as Frankencastle, which was a very interesting run. We won't get into that, but Frankencastle was very interesting. Look that up, guys. Now, uh, Dr. Bruce Banner lured his alien son, Sakaar, into a fight between him and Dakin. 
Dakin used his pheromones to calm Scar down, reducing him to his human form. Scar asked Dakin to kill him as he was guilty of the destruction he had caused back home. But Wolverine and Banner both intervened. The two father-son teams battled, but the fight was stopped when Banner said that Scar had learned his lesson and Dakin abruptly left Wolverine behind. Which is something that he does a lot. Just leaves his dad. Like, you're searching for this dude, but then... Eh, okay. So... Dakin's loyalty to Osborne and true motives remained very questionable. Now this put him at odds with Bullseye and Ares. He secretly assisted the Fantastic Four in breaking into Avengers Tower. They planned to steal incriminating evidence against Norman Osborne while trying to clear their name, but they were foiled by Bullseye. A tape revealing Dakin's true colors was leaked onto the internet and he was forced to clean up his act. Dakin and Norman's plans backfired and they were both taken out by a second-rate villain led by Emmy Doolin. Norman Osborn's plan to improve Dakin's public image had gone horribly wrong, of course, he's a villain, resulting in the deaths of dozens of innocent people. Miss Marvel, Carla Sowen, Sofen, excuse me, tried to psychoanalyze him and assured her feelings for him. But Dakin rebuked her and Osborn. Now Dakin has gone through a lot of shit, y'all. And it seems that he tries to do the right thing at times. And I liken it to a lot of the like true crime uh, TV shows where you have a person who has done these horrific things that you can't really excuse. But then you look at their childhood and you see all of the stress and trauma that they've been through. So you almost empathize with them, but that doesn't excuse the pain that they've brought on. Like, you know, as a kid, you were abused and beat up and, and you know, burnt cigarettes put on on your face and whatever else and then you grow up and kill people well the killing is bad we do understand the trauma you went through but not everyone who was abused and beat and and whooped and whatever grew up to murder people so that's man i don't know i watch a lot of true crime so during osborne's siege of asgard dakin had visions of killing osborne forced on him by nordic spirits who wished to bring about ragnarok uh, for those of you who don't know what Ragnarok is, just look at Thor Ragnarok. That's pretty much what it is. Now, they want to bring about Ragnarok with Dakin being the vessel to bring this event. As the Dark Avengers were being arrested, Dakin was the only one who managed to escape by killing and replacing a guard. Now, Dakin then contacted by his father for help in defeating Romulus. Dakin then betrayed Wolverine and helped Romulus, which is what is going on. Like... What is actually your motivation? You do understand that all the all this stress you had and this hatred for your father, then you find out that the very reason that you hate your father is a lie that was told to you by the man who like was a father figure, but you find out that he's actually the one who did the thing to your mother that you hated your father for. But is it because of years or decades rather of this closeness you had with this person that makes you I don't know, want to side with him i don't know man dakin is all over the place uh, he was then stabbed by a fake moramasa blade dakin was afterwards when dakin learned that romulus was going to give wolverine his empire he snapped and he beat romulus before wolverine arrived with cloak to transport romulus to the dark dimension dakin and wolverine fought each other until wolverine was able to defeat and knock out his son and remove his moramasa covered claws from him Man, again, this man has been through stress. Alrighty, so let's get into some solo adventures. Dakin stayed in Rome on his world tour for a while 
Um, eventually, he left to go to Tokyo, where he was looking for Muramasa, of course. However, when he there, excuse me, when he was there, he encountered the newly revived Frankencastle. Like, okay, motherfucker, you did this shit to me. Now let's see what's up. <laughs> Dakin barely survived his encounter with Frank Castle, but his new form made him even more deadly. Wolverine interfered, but Dakin nearly killed both of them by using the Bloodstone to recreate the alien Exomine. Dakin then went to Milan, where he had a fashion designer make him a new costume, which is so interesting because you normally, when you read these comics, let's say you've read a full run of one series and then the next series there's a new outfit and it's not always explained, but the fact that he went to Milan to get a fashion designer to make him a costume, that's... <laughs> that is silly. Now, he went to Milan, got a fashion designer to make him a costume. Now, listen to this, guys, in true Dakin fashion. When the suit was finished, he killed the designer. <laughs> like, what the? Dakin is horrible. He killed the designer and moved to San Francisco, where he proclaimed that his time had come and to beware the fury of the patient man. In San Francisco, he observed two opposing groups protesting mutant rights and concluded that it was a waste of time and decided that he was on his own side. Which is like, I'm not on the mutant side, I'm not on the human side, I'm on my own side. He's nothing if not consistent. Now soon after, he ended up going to a fortune teller to see his future. The fortune teller revealed three cards to him. Uh, him and Beyonce went to find out that the cards never lie. No. <laughs> the fortune teller revealed three cards to him. The Emperor, the Tower, and Death. Dacre began stalking Melodia, oh, Melita, good lord, M-E-L-I-T-T-A, mm -hmm. his father's current love interest. He followed her all the way to a bar and caressed the back of her neck. She quickly looked behind her, only to find no one. Logan asked her if something was wrong and she was looking around nervously and she replied, it was just her nerves. Dakin thought to himself how small his father's world was and how he had no vision or scope. Dakin wanted something else, something more. Alright, so, moving on. Later, he battled Helverine, his demon-possessed father. The demon was expelled from his father's body um, on Logan's return from hell. After being, quote-unquote, killed, he went to the Fantastic Four, where he obtained a glove from Reed Richards that made energy claws. They battled Dakin only to reveal that he was an imposter. Because it's comics, y'all. Of course he was an imposter. While on the ferry in New York City, Dakin found out that Bucky Barnes, the current Captain America, had been the Winter Soldier and targeted him, as you should. Whoop this man's ass. He has caused you nothing but pain. Uh, Dakin then traveled to Majapur where he confronted Tiger Tiger. Dakin's plans to undermine the criminal underworld of Majapur were falling into place. Now, I love me some Majapur. Like, at first, I wasn't really into it, but seeing how many stories are based there and how, like, it's just this fictional Asian place where you can make anything happen and it doesn't have to rely on the rules of the real world. I, I, I love me some Majapur. Now, when X-23, his father's clone, arrived hunting a shadow from her past, she found herself facing off against Dakin. The new king of Majapur's criminal underworld. So Dakin has been busy, y'all. This man has been good, good, good for you, man. Now the two battled to prove who was the better fighter. Neither could gain the upper hand due to their shared healing factor. They joined forces to hunt down Malcolm Cocord, 
the man responsible for countless reincarnations of the Weapon X project. Dakin was forced to decide which side he was on, and X-23 was forced to decide if she could trust him. Now, that's the story that I do want to get my hands on. I do like that. I like the Dakin X-23 uh kind of they're so opposite but so much the same they are their father's child and i like to see them together i wish we could get a like wolverine family ties book where it is just his children interacting and solving crimes and shit because for all of the stress that he's been through he tends to even in his most evil is points still kind of do things that may be a bit self-serving but they are for the greater good and then you're out here targeting the right people finally but then you go I don't know. I'm just I like I like him and I like her. I like them together. Now, Deadpool was finally ready to kill himself and sought out Dakin's help in finding the serum that could negate his mutant powers. He asked that Dakin use it on him once he found it. Dakin believed this was too good to be true and turned him down, wishing him good luck, but ah, uh, peace, bitches. Now, Dakin later spoke with Tombstone, who originally ordered the hit on Deadpool, as he tried to find out about the serum, which negates mutant powers. Tombstone refused to speak about it, which, okay, again, this is, and maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's always some mutant cure, something that is easily attainable, like getting your hands on to negate mutant powers, why is it such a stress now to like we saw so many x-men movies and so many plot lines where there were collars to negate powers there were serums there were cures and i'm sure it helps to make this a really good story but i can't ignore that there are countless resources out there to stop mutant powers so this whole deadpool needing to negate whatever maybe that was the thing that was too good to be true because they can knew bruh it's, it's easy. You throw a stone off of a cliff and you're going to hit a mutant gene cure. Okay, so uh, moving on to Los Angeles. Dakin went to LA to build something of a life for himself. There, he tried to take over the city's criminal underworld, becoming an LA kingpin. During his mission, he met and fell in love with FBI agent Donna Keel. He teamed up with Moon Knight to find the true kingpin of Los Angeles. But the city of LA had a new crime lord. The Claws, serial killer, <laughs> continued to cause carnage in the dark areas of Hollywood Hills, and the heat drugs gripped on Dakin was growing daily. Oof. Scarring his mind and body, Moon Knight and Dakin ended up fighting. The Claws was revealed to be Marcus Rolston, who was using the drug to gain superpowers. Dakin was suddenly the most wanted man in America and had the entire LAPD and FBI on his tail. Like, finally, this man, he need to suffer for his the shit he's done. Now, after months of trying, Dakin failed at becoming the head of the underworld in L.A., which, why didn't you just stay in Magipore? Like, you you had it good. You finally had something you were good at. Life was good, and now you, just, you want more. Now, due to the powerful drug, Heat, which caused hallucinations and burned down his healing factor, the Pride returned to L.A., and he ended up battling the Runaways. Dakin battled for L.A., lacking his healing factor, and Donna's forced addiction into the heat drug left him betrayed and alone. Like, this fall from grace is oh, it's getting good, y'all. Now, he was forced to make an alliance with the Runaways to take the Pride down. Together, they took down Marcus Rolston, Donna, who was left an emotional wreck after her experience with Dakin, Roston and Heat met Dakin at a diner to discuss their future. Donna believed that she was in love with him, but was convinced he was a monster. Like, duh. 
Dakin suggested that she was the same, like duh, and provided her with an opportunity to kill three men involved in human trafficking. She refused and turned her gun on Dakin, who reacted since his healing factor was not working, and sliced her hand off. <laughs> and then the two parted ways. Well, of course. <laughs> While dying, Dakin returned to New York to go out with a bang, drugging his father and taking him to his watch. Excuse me, taking him to watch his show, quote unquote. He bombed the headquarters of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four after he just helped them. <laughs> <laughs> installed bombs around the city and drugged and easily subdued Mr. Fantastic which is so odd uh, well I guess not because even though he doesn't have his healing factor he still has his other abilities now after a long battle with the heroes of the city and without a healing factor he started to die Dakin asked for his father hugged him and asked him to forgive him before Logan could say anything Dakin said he was actually sorry for putting a bomb at the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning and <sighs> Bruh, like, how do you... <sighs> okay. So he said he was sorry for putting the bomb at the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning. And then he implanted himself with a bomb, leaving nobody to bury. Wolverine rushed to his school to find nothing but a doll of him, realizing that Dakin's plan was just to leave him with nothing. Like, damn. Dakin... I, again, I want to see this man live action. I, I need to see this man... <laughs> <laughs> now, in Madripoor, Lowtown, Sabretooth held a party and Dakin was invited. Like, what? Ain't this man dead? Now, moving on to the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Dakin somehow returned from the dead and formed a new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants in secret. Like, whoo, comic shaw. This man should be dead for real. Now, together with the Brotherhood member Amal Farouk, he planned to reveal the existence of X-Force to the world. They planned to turn Evan Sabanur into his own Apocalypse, which is the son of Apocalypse, Evan is. Um, Kid Apocalypse. They even took Evan to the farm where he grew up. Evan jumped out of a car and tried to warn his parents to get out, but found them both killed by Sabretooth and Dakin. Evan attacked them, but refrained from killing them, refusing to become like them. He commended on uh, his control before re revealing excuse me, that he didn't really kill his parents because they never existed in the first place. Dakin's motive in his brotherhood scheme was to earn his father's respect. Like, man, shut up. Now, due to the betrayal on Earth 295's Nightcrawler, Wolverine was captured by Dakin, new brotherhood of evil mutants. Dakin tied his father up and told him of his own father, hated him because he had chosen his one true calling as a killer. Logan wished things could have been different for him and apologized to his son. Which, Logan has this big, like, I get, okay, so you have thousands of children, and yet you tend to create these bonds or surrogate children with these young girls, and it isn't a sexual romantic thing like him and Kitty Pryde, him and Jubilee, and that's, you know, commendable, but you have children who you aren't really taking care of. Bruh, I don't know, Wolverine. You don't get world's greatest dad. Uh, now, moving on. Omega Black kept beating up Deadpool until Dakin ordered her to bring Evan to him. Dakin dumped him in drowning chamber, as the only way to kill Wolverine is to, bribe to, me, is to deprive the brain of oxygen. Dakin forced Evan to watch Wolverine drown at the same time he punched Evan. Like, Evan is a child. You beating this kid up while you're killing your own father. Dakin is trash. Dakin's plan was almost complete 
as Evan Sabah Noor Sabah Noor had put on the apocalypse armor. Wolverine was trapped underwater, forced to watch and drown. Dakin hoped the Shadow King would take control of Evan and use him to destroy Wolverine's school, his friends, and his world. Then the Brotherhood would spread the word that this was all due to Wolverine's Black Ops kill squad destroying his reputation. It's like, damn, you kill him, you kill everything he loved, and then you destroy his reputation. Whew. Dakin believed in the end, bad people did bad things simply because they were bad. Deadpool found Wolverine and uh, resusc- Ooh, Lord, I can't read. resuscitated him. Wolverine immediately rushed to find Dakin, but told Deadpool to find the rest of the team and get them out. Wolverine found Dakin outside of the base and they fought to the death. Of course they did. As the fight went on, Wolverine acknowledged to himself that he was holding back his animal side. As Dakin deserved to be killed by a man in full control of his actions. Which, okay, Wolverine, you're so noble. Just kill, like, are you going to kill him or not? You need to be killed by a man. He All his stress and, and tragedy and trauma he's brought upon you and your people. And you're worried about... He needs to be killed by a man. No, just kill him if you're going to kill him. Man, so Wolverine found out. Um, of course, he thought he needed to kill. You need to be killed by a man, not, whatever, whatever. So meanwhile, Dakin was considering what he would say to his father, how he would explain that he had years of Romulus's tortures to imagine what his life would be with the love of a father and a mother. Wolverine got the upper hand by slashing Dakin, which, take that. You've been stabbing everybody in the stomach. Now you get a little bit of that. Eventually, Wolverine overpowered Dakin by drowning him. At the end of the fight, Wolverine knelt over the drowned, beaten corpse of his son. And that's that. Psych. So, Horseman of Death. (laughs) Dakin was brought back to life by the Apocalypse Twins, of course, using both the Life Seed and the Death Seed in order to serve alongside Banshee, Grim Reaper, and Sentry as one of their Horsemen of Death. And that's one thing I do enjoy about the X-Men and the mutants, though I've kind of been off of them lately. When it comes to the four horsemen of Apocalypse, I like seeing when they take heroes and they make them evil or they alter them so that they do become the four horsemen and how their new designs look, how their powers work. That's something that's always been so interesting to me, which is probably why I really enjoy the first um, Age of Apocalypse, that four month run back in like 94, 95. I just, I don't know, I love that. Now, uh, he served as the Horseman of Death. Now, when the twins' plan to destroy Earth had failed and their Ark was destroyed by Sunfire, Grim Reaper and Dakin returned to Earth along with the corpses of the Apocalypse Twins. Alrighty, so let's move on to the Logan Legacy. Now, Dakin was kidnapped with several other people including Mystique, Sabretooth, X-23, and Lady Deathstrike, and Elixir by an unknown figure after his father's death. Moments before he was kidnapped, Dakin went to an auction in Majapur that was selling the remains of his father, and he was infuriated. Of course he was. Like, what the fuck? He then killed everybody <laughs> were at the auction except Viper Mystique and Agent Kim. Dakin later went to Okinawa with the priest and buried his father's remains there. It's so interesting that all of his like endings of runs or endings of story arcs seem to be like perfect ways to end his story but then they pick up and continue like after he exploded himself that should have been it but now he's back (laughs) all right now the wolverines the kidnapper is revealed to be a man named shogun after successfully finding and kidnapping the wolverines and threatening them with the control words these are words that manipulate sedate or even kill each one of them 
Shogun and his group of associates uh, allied uh, them to uh, find the adamantium petrified body of Wolverine, because at this point Wolverine is dead, in the burnt down Paradise facility. When they encountered and fought the Wrecking Crew, hired by Mr. Sinister, who were looking for the same, uh, when Dakin and X-23 found the body, Mr. Sinister appeared and took Wolverine's body, plus an eye and arm from Dakin, like again, <sighs> shit, and left bleeding out, not healing. It is revealed by X-23 that Dakin can't heal because he lost his healing factor when they faced Siphon. So he is still stressing. He is going through a lot. On the Changeling ship, Sharp used a Regan serum made by Dr. Cornelius that he found in the wreckage to stabilize and save Dakin against Ogun's wishes. When the team starts planning how to retrieve Wolverine's body, Neuro, 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 excuse me, N-E-U-R-O, tells Sharp that there is another Paradise Project who is perfect thief and only able to help penetrate Mr. Sinister's nigh impenetrable base phantom male like this is a lot of kind of like inside baseball but pretty much he's beat no healing factor eye and arm gone and he's kind of healed or uh stabilized against the wishes of ogun now the team arrived at phantom male's palace and at the time she was being attacked by siphon the monster who stole dakin's healing factor after a brutal fight along scale against the monster shogun threw a grenade at siphon to kill it at the changeling, excuse me, at the changeling, excuse me, while Sharp, Neuron, and Fantanel and her fox Culpepper made plans for the invasion, Fantanel realized by body language, lecture that Sharp was having an internal conversation with Ogun, which that's what those telepaths do, and warned him that if he trusts him over her inside Sinister's base, it would get him killed. Like, these folks went through a lot of mess, man. So, Dakin pretty much. In the, in the end of all of this, Dakin's lost arm temper... Excuse me. At the end of all of this, the Frost Giants almost killed him. Uh, Fang interfered to save his life. Fang asked why he wanted to kill him, which Dakin angrily replied that he was not his father. Fang hands him a beer, uses his energy powers to restore Dakin's lost arm temporarily because according to Fang, he does not believe in redemption and sends Dakin back to Changeling while taking Sabretooth with him. Fuck, this man, again, stress on top of stress. And he's one of those characters where you can feel for him and the stuff he's going through, but then you look at his past and you're like, you've done a lot of terrible shit. Like, I don't believe in karma, but Joe Karma is real. Okay, so moving on to Roosevelt Island. Uh, Dakin resurfaced during the outbreak of Laura Kenny virus on Roosevelt Island and was one of the three people teleported by Doctor Strange to help Wolverine in the crisis. He revealed that his healing factor recovered at some point following the conclusions of his adventures with the Wolverines, allowing him to regrow his arm with it being the key to curing the victims of the alien plague, the Laura Kenny virus. He agreed to join Laura, Gabby, Logan, and Deadpool in their efforts to help as many of the stricken population as possible. However, Dakin confessed that he didn't care for the island, and he was only there for Laura, which, aw, siblings. However, his healing abilities had yet to recover to their full strength, and he was eventually forced to stand down before the disease could overwhelm him. So again, he does good things. I mean, he has to kill a few folks before he does them, but he does good things. <laughs> um... Okay, so, and I do like how 
I love this Wolverine family. I like them all together. I wish we could get more again. Give me a book. Let me. I'll write it. Marvel, if you listen. I know you're listening. Let me write a Wolverine children book. A book about his kids. I could do it. Okay, so Orphans of X. Shortly after Laura's departure for the stars, Dakin and others with feral mutations like he is would come under threat by the clandestine organization called the Orphans of X. Eventually getting into conflict with their... Uh, Mm. Hmm. Okay, so eventually getting into conflict with them at the uh, Defiant Platypus? Oh, Lord. Playus Bar. <laughs> P-L-A-T-Y-P-U-S Bar. And before it was destroyed by a Stinger missile. Okay, and that's that. Again, the way a lot of his arcs end, it's like this should be the end of him, which I think is probably a good... Um. It shows that the character has been handled well because if you get a story or you get an ending of a story and it isn't really satisfying and then you see the character again you probably could take it or leave it whereas with Dakin I feel like a lot of his endings feel like they could be final it's like writing a television show and every season you write it as if it's going to end so that if you do not get renewed or picked back up the audience is satisfied okay so let's move on to Iceman now, when the new mutant, Zack, left the Xavier Institute for Mutant Education and Outreach for a night on the town, Dakin took him under his wing, teaching him on the use of his powers. When Bobby caught word of his wayward student out in the wind via a video post, Iceman sent out a Grimwitch, mm, sent out to find him at Greenwich Mean Time in Upper East Side, New York. Now, I'm not sure if this is a real place or not, or if it was created for the book, but at this time, Iceman is uh, running, not running, I think he's one of the staff at the, uh, at the Xavier Institute, and this all happened in Iceman's solo story, or, um, this was, remember, I think uh, Cena Grace, I believe Cena Grace was the writer. Because uh, I remember this oh, so vividly, him and uh, Iceman fighting. So, like I said, a fight would ensue between the student teacher and Zack's new handler. But Zack was adamant about not going back to the Xavier Institute, making his decision final by using his newfound learning to dampen Iceman's powers enough for making a getaway in a helicopter. Akihiro would return again, excuse me, with Amp at his side as he led Siege on the X-Mansion just to test out his findings on the Death Seed inside of him. Because again, he was re resurrected with the Death Seed and the Life Seed, revealing that the reason he got so close to Mr. Drake the first time was because of his interest with his contact to similar powers and properties some years prior. Using the energy channeling abilities of his new protege, Dakin harnessed the power of Apocalypse to increase his own mutant abilities. As Zack went about messing with the school's security and danger room settings. So he is amplifying the heck out of his powers with this dude, Zack Kone Amp. Now, with the Death Seed energy coursing through him, Dakin easily dominates in fights just as they come across Edie, which is a, a black woman um, mutant. That's enough now. And Bobby's boyfriend, Judah, whom Dakin critically injured earlier. Eventually, Iceman overcame him. Uh, Michaela had disabled Drake's energy conduit. And Dakin escaped before the rest of the X-Men returned. Again, you ended... Again, that would have been a perfect ending for him. And let him just be off in the wind. But there's more. The Mother Vine Crisis. 
when the group of young time-displaced X-Men that Magneto was mentoring became missing in a mission in space, he sent his ally Briar Riley 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 Briar Riley to meet up with Dakin in Barcelona, with the proposition to become allies as a form of incentive. She gifted him, on Magneto's behalf, a pair of adamantium katanas, and or which okay so. Is adamantium really that hard to come by? Like, I just... I don't know. If you know the answer, let me know. Hit me up on the Twitters, Carefree Blurred, use that hashtag CBMPod. I'm not sure that adamantium is that hard to come by. Hell, not even vibranium over there in Wakanda shouldn't be too hard to come by. But I might be wrong. Now, uh, she gave him these adamantium katanas in order to assist Magneto's efforts to counter the global release of the power-bestowing virus, Mothervine. By a cabal led by Havoc, his allies temporarily banded together into a makeshift team of X-Men. And I remember that as well. That was a pretty interesting storyline. And lastly, the hunt for Wolverine. After the news of the disappearance of Wolverine's body from his grave leaked out, Lady Deathstrike approached Dakin and Sabretooth to help her investigate Logan's possible return. Using data from the military satellites, the team tracked down an adamantium signature similar to Logan's to Maybelline. Arizona. They found the town run over by zombies and that their healing factors deactivated within the town's perimeter, which is scary as hell. Dakin was captured by a kill team sent by the organization responsible for the town's state. He managed to escape and meet up with Sabretooth and Deathstrike. When they tried to head back to the power station where Dakin had been held to deactivate the mysterious glowing green orb that created the zombies, all three were taken down by the soldiers and Dakin was fatally injured. His body was left behind by Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike when they escaped, and it was retrieved by Sotiliera. Yeah, I'm going to call her that. Later, she found a way to resurrect Dakin and made him one of their enforcers. While traveling on a boat with other soldiers, he and Omega Red's clone was ordered to take out his father, Wolverine, and former Sotiliera employee, Anna, who were chasing them to get back Anna's son, Farron. While Omega Red was taken out by Anna using a harpoon gun, like, ouch, Wolverine sprayed Dakin with fuel from his boat's engine and set him on fire with his heated claws before tossing him into the water. Woo, you talking about some stuff. Okay, so we done went through all this mess with Dakin. He has, that's, that's pretty much where it ends. Now we have an alternate version in a what if Wolverine father number one, Logan was present excuse me, present rather when Dakin was born and was able to save him from the people who would have raised him in the original course of events, taking him to live in seclusion in the mountains in hopes that he could raise John Howland, as Dakin is known in this timeline as John, away from the kind of life that he has to live himself. However, despite his attempts to ensure privacy by turning Professor X away when he came to recruit Logan to join the X-Men, Logan's attempts to suppress Dakin's darker instincts failed when Sabretooth found them, revealing the truth about his father's past to John, John being Dakin, leaving his father, John became a brutal killer, roaming various cities and killing his opponents, proclaiming that Logan made him what he is by denying him his heritage, concluding that he will never bring anything good into the world. Logan stabs John in the heart with the Muramasa blade, subsequently impelling himself to the end of his own dark stain on the world. Which, man, this man cannot get a freaking break. 
Alright, so when it comes to Dakin, um, let's see. Few notes. Uh, okay, so one, he has a tattoo, which first uh, looks a little odd because of his healing factor. But the reason that the tattoo stays in the first place is that the ink is too big for his body's natural healing process to remove. Uh, tattoo removal is using lasers to break up the ink into processable sizes. Uh, the much more peculiar, peculiar, come on, y'all, I ain't been able to talk this whole episode. Uh, fact about his tattoos is that it somehow manages to heal when his skin is destroyed. Uh, you pronounce his name, Daykin. Now, also, uh, Dakin has been brought back from death without explanation. He blew his stuff up. Remember that in a long scheme to punish his father by leaving him without anything, without nothing. Uh, thus making him wonder about Dakin's true nature, but was seen fully healed later, along with the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants sometime before against Wolverine's X-Force. Okay, now this is the note here that uh, kind of contradicts most of his story, but it's comics, so we're going to forgive that. This being that there is uh, a lot of confusion around his birth date. Now, though it has been given as 1946, this is not possible given both the events of his father's life around that time and the fact that Bucky Barnes was suspended animation between 1945 and 1954, despite being present at Dakin's birth. Now, there is the way you could probably retcon that and change it around, but I honestly think it's okay. Like, it's not anything to really worry about considering this is comics and we know that chronologically continuity changes there are so many reboots and whatnot but that is the one thing that directly contradicts his actual origin um and while being a part of hammer he was granted security clearance level five that's a, a something of note that we have listed here for dakin now um cool dakin is cool and I could see this character being on the big screen as he should be. I want live action. I mean, again, a bisexual, mixed race, Japanese, super powered mutant assassin. Come on, you can't tell me that that would not sell. Uh, with him being on the big screen or even on the new Disney Plus app, I would. I was thinking about who I would cast. And again, guys, if you haven't by this time, please go ahead and leave me that comment. Use that hashtag CBMPod and let me know who you would cast as Dakin Akihiro. For me, I went with Ryan Potter. Now, Ryan Potter is an actor. He was born in 95, so he's relatively young. I feel like if we do cast him in this role, he'd be able to uh, be the aged uh, Dakin for a very long time to come now this man you may know him uh, from his role as Mike Fukunaga in Super Ninjas and for voicing Hiro Hamada in Big Hero 6 uh, he is Japanese okay so this character this character this person Ryan Potter was born uh, in Portland Oregon his mother is Jewish American and his father is Japanese so though the race has been flipped he's still a japanese american character um and i i looked and i found a few i kind of wrestled on him just because of the um his history and then he's already associated with uh action things uh he is an actor director martial artist and photographer 
And uh, even though he was born in the United States, he was actually raised in Tokyo until about the age seven, which I think would give him a slightly different insight into playing the character than someone who, let's say, only lived in America, you know, their entire life. Uh, let's see. He um, he was in the Big Hero Six. Even though it was voice acting, he's still used to the whole action comic bookness of it all. And his look, his look really works. He is a conventionally attractive um, guy. He looks to have some features where you could instantly call out that he is Asian, but he does look like he's a mixed person. Um, I think that. His height, I want to say he's 5'7". Let me see if I have that correct. He's 5'7". And the reason that I focus on his height is because Wolverine, I think, is like 5'3 or 5'4". So even if we were to cast a different Wolverine um, in this film or whatever property that we would have a Dakin in, having him be a not 6 feet and up, but be an average height for a man, but still not to be too tall and then have a Wolverine come in who's casted at the appropriate height. I think that'd be interesting as well. Uh, yeah, so that's my my uh, my fan casting is Ryan Potter. Now, uh, let me know what yours is so we can discuss that in the comics here. So thank you guys for that. Now, um, before ending, let me know, was this issue interesting to you? You know, with me going on this whole Pride Month LGBT we're now in the B for the bisexual character. Um, let me know what you think. Was this interesting to you? Did you know about Dakin before? Uh, did you learn more about him now? And uh, so, yeah, I sure hope you guys did. Now, thank you all for listening. Again, please follow me on social media. My Twitter is CarefreeBlurred. Instagram and all other social medias is CarefreeBlackNerd. Please be sure to subscribe on YouTube as there will be a CarefreeBlackNerd YouTube series of sorts coming down the pipeline so please be sure to go over there and subscribe there is i think uh the reviews of a deadly class and a few captain marvel videos but nothing substantial just wanted something on the channel but please go and subscribe and hit that bell for those notifications once i do begin posting on that uh site and if you need to email me, do so at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. There are tons of other shows in the Carefree Black Nerd feed, so please check those out. Let me know what you think. The pool has been going strong, and I do hope you guys have been enjoying that as well. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcasting apps and sites. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and of course, BYNKradio.net in their podcast section, along with a bunch of other amazing podcasts. Now, while you're over there on your local podcast listening platform, please be sure to give me that five-star rating and review. Uh, I'll be sure to read your review on the air, uh, so please go ahead and do that. And thank you guys very much again for tuning in for another week, this Pride Month installment of the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. So until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and we out.